unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the corny aside. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Rockin the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knockin them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 290 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden, your host here on Monday, November 28th. Jose Abreu looks like he is going to the Houston Astros. Bob Nightingale first reported that. So there's obviously a lot to discuss with that and what that will mean for the Padres. What do they do next? Uh, Craig Stammen, Ken Rosenthal is reporting that he is, I think, likely to come back to the Padres. Uh, the Padres signed Julio Tejeron uh, to add to their rotation depth, so we can talk about that. I already gave my reaction to that uh, in a video on YouTube, but we can talk about that and what other potential moves the Padres could make now. Uh, Mike Clevenger, that era with the Padres is over. He is now going to the Chicago White Sox on a one-year deal. Uh, $8 million guaranteed, I think it was. I saw Jim Bowden reported $12 million, but I saw $8 million from a bunch of reporters yesterday when he signed that, or a couple of days ago, whenever it was. I think it was yesterday. Um, so, obviously, with that Clevenger era in San Diego being over, I think it's a good time to look back at the Mike Clevenger trade and how that worked out or didn't work out for the Padres and the Guardians. Um, I think the Guardians probably got the, you know, the good part of that deal, if that makes sense. I think they won that trade. Uh, what else? I mean, there's 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 some stuff on, you know, Sanga and all that, but uh, that's pretty much what we're going to talk about today. So thank you so much for tuning in here. Again, episode 290, Talking Friars. Ben Fadden here. I am your host. Um, what should we get into first? I'll start. I'll start with the Jose Abreu thing because that just happened. Um, so, according to Bob Nightingale, Jose Abreu going to the Houston Astros. This came down a little before 11 a.m., I want to say. And I was surprised that it happened this soon. It did seem like the Padres and the Astros were going to be the two main suitors for Jose Abreu. But Kent Rosenthal reported this morning, maybe it was last night, but I saw it this morning in The Athletic that Abreu might be intrigued by going uh, with going to one of the two Florida teams, the Rays or the Marlins. But instead, he signs today with the Astros. And maybe the thing that you know made him sign was the Astros gave him a three-year deal. You know, this whole time we were discussing two-year deals, having that be a possibility. But for a team to give him three, that probably is what put it over the edge and, you know, put it uh, over the goal line, you know, if that makes sense. That, that's what made it uh, a deal for Abreu because I don't think he was going to find another team that would give him three years. I think the Padres probably offered him two years, but three, I, I don't think the Padres were willing to do that. And I think. The Astros, with Jim Crane running it, right, because he got rid of James Click, he is like the Jerry Jones of Major League Baseball. So with him running the whole thing, he's making the decision, right? Like, 
He doesn't care what anyone says. He's giving Abreu a three-year deal. Where with the Padres, they don't have a Jerry Jones thing going. It's Seidler, it's it's Preller's show, but then, and then you know he collaborates with Seidler, talks with him and Groupner and stuff like that. But Seidler pretty much lets Preller run the show. That's not what happens with Houston. You know, like Jim Crane is the owner and the GM. That's what it seems like. Uh, you know, with the Padres, Preller probably was telling Seidler, I think it's smart to give him two years, but I wouldn't go three. Jim Crane's probably like, well, maybe they started at two, but he does not care. Like, he will get, he probably wanted a Brayu no matter what. And so he got his guy. So I get, you know, that's good news for Astros fans. Uh, it's disappointing that Jose Abreu is not on the Padres. Um, he was one of my dream off-season targets. Um, you know, if I could have a dream off-season, it would have been Abreu. I think Senga would have been in there. I'm a big Mitch Hanniger fan, um, or like him coming to the Padres. So we'll see if those happen. Uh, but Abreu is not happening. Where do the Padres go from here now that Abreu is not on the Padres, not coming to San Diego. I mean, they could go. They could go the trade route, right? Seth Brown is with Oakland. He's on a cheap contract, but they'd have to give up something because it's a trade, obviously. Uh, and I'm sure that there would be other suitors for Seth Brown. I think he hit 25 home runs last year in Oakland. Um, there's other first base guys out there, uh, but I would think that they try to pivot to bring back Bell or bring back Drury. And maybe they go a platoon route, and Mancini's a righty. So maybe they go Bell Mancini. I think it just depends on what the market is for Bell. Like, I'd be fine now that they don't have Jose Abreu as an option. I'd be fine bringing back uh, Brandon Jury and have him platoon bring in a lefty bat. I don't know if it's a Dom Smith or something like that. Um, but like Abreu, he was like the big first baseman because Anthony Rizzo was already grabbed uh, by the Yankees, obviously. He's returning back to New York. Those were the two big guys. Now, if you look at the first base market, I mean, Josh Bell's kind of like the big name there. Uh, you know, Brandon Belt's out there. Drury, obviously. Myers, some teams might list him as a first baseman. Um, but like those were the big names. You know, Trey Mancini is out there, like I just mentioned. But like Abreu was the clear guy, right? So now it's kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm fine if the Padres bring back Drury or Bell. Now, with the projections that we're seeing, we're seeing Josh Bell get three years, $40 million, something like that. I don't know if I would give him $40 million for three years. Like, I'd, be, I'd just go bring Drury back. I thought he played pretty good defensive first base. I don't know what Will is going to command. Um, but if you can focus on like the power bat in the outfield or something like that, um, and bring in someone with some pop there, maybe they prioritize that now over a first base power option because there's just not a lot of first base, uh, you know, power options out there remaining, right? Like I'd like to have Mancini, but he might be more of like a DH option to be honest. Um, I'm going to try to look up the free agents for first base, the remaining free agents. 
Sorry, I'm doing this right on the fly right now. Okay, so first base, we already talked about Rizzo. We already hit on him. Already hit on Jose Abreu. Um, my internet, my internet's not loading. So, okay, Yuli Gurriel's obviously out there, right? Because now the Astros are going with Abreu, so you would think he would sign with someone else. Uh, but he's 39 already. Carlos Santana already signed with the Pirates. Miguel Sano has really fallen off. Uh, Brandon Belt is 35. Uh, I would think he'd go back to the Giants. Uh, I just don't see him going somewhere else. Um, Jesus Aguilar is out there, but he he's not really like an everyday Definitely not first baseman for me, I don't think. So, like, Dom Smith and Brandon Drury, you got a righty in, uh, in Drury, a lefty in Dom Smith. Like, that is kind of appealing to me right now. Uh, but, yeah, it's just the first base options just aren't great now. With the Brayu and Rizzo off the board, it's pretty much Josh Bell. Like, he's the big guy. And so, I think teams that don't have a first baseman, they, they might be willing to give him three years. I don't know if the Padres want to do that we'll see um so with the first base market not being as strong now do we see the padres really actually go for that shortstop thing with xander bogarts i don't really see that i don't think it's going to happen but it is intriguing i've put out some videos and i've already talked about this on the show you know with the rumors about bogarts and the Padres liking him, right? I'm sure they like a lot of guys. If you're building the best lineup for the Padres, Xander Bogarts is on it, right? Like, he's, I think that's a better lineup than bringing back Drury or Bell, right? Bogarts is better than them offensively. So if you have an infield of Manny, Bogarts, Kim, and Cronenworth, and then you have Tatis and Soto and Grisham in the outfield, like, that's probably your best lineup. Bogarts is better than the outfield options, um, you know, at least in free agency. He's better than any of the first base options in free agency, again, at the plate. So maybe they go that route with the four shortstops. I don't see Bogarts coming here. I don't see the big, any of the big four shortstops coming here because I think the Padres really want to spend that money on Juan Soto. But... I think that it's an it's a interesting discussion. It's worth talking about and bringing up because now I think the Padres do have to ask themselves, okay, is it worth it to give Bell like three years, $40 million, Or should we use that money on another position and move Cronenworth to first base? Or should we just be content with bringing back Drury bring in Dom Smith on a one-year deal or something, and maybe that's, how much money would that be? Like $15 million maybe? Maybe a little less than that between those two guys just for 2023. And then you go bring in starting pitching, and you go bring in a left fielder, right? Like, I don't know where the Padres go from here. Uh, John Heyman just says that Abreu and the Astros deal expected to be three years, $20 million per year. $20 million per. Wow. $20 million. That's a That's an overpay for Abreu, I think. I was thinking it's, it was going to be like two years, 
16, 17 million dollars per year, but 20 million that that's that's a big that's a big payday. So I I don't I definitely don't blame Abreu for picking the Astros. I don't think the Padres would uh, were willing to give 20 million a year even for two years for Abreu. So he got his money. Good for him. Uh, so I mean, yo, where, let me know in the chat here if you're live here on YouTube. Where do you think the Padres go from here? At first base, uh, I, I'm leaning towards you know the Jury Dom Smith combo. Um, you know, Jury can play multiple positions, and and then you know the starting pitching market. You know, not getting a Brayu, maybe they go cheaper at first, and that allows them to go spend on Kodai Senga. You know, and really go all in for him. You know, go five years, seventy-five, five years, eighty on Senga. Uh, maybe they didn't want to do that if they were going to bring in a Brayu, or maybe they can go spend more on left field if you know Hanniger's price gets up there, or they want to bring in like Michael Brantley and his price is a little high for one year. Maybe they can you know go for it. They can say, okay, we'll do that because that money that we were going to spend on a Brayu, we're not spending that anymore on that position, right? So we'll see. We'll see where they go from here. Uh, but Abreu to the Houston Astros. Um, I was again. I wasn't expecting it to come this early. The winter meetings are happening next week. I thought maybe it happens then. Uh, but I mean, the Astros are giving him twenty million dollars per year. I could see why he, he's like, yeah, I'm taking this. And they gave him three years. Where the other teams that might have been competing for Abreu, I'm sure we'll hear. Who those teams were in the coming days after you know sources start talking to reporters. Those teams that were in it probably were giving Abreu two years, or they weren't giving three years at twenty million per year. You know, like the Astros and Jim, and Jim Crane, like he wanted Abreu clearly, and he's the owner and the GM there essentially, and so he went out and got his guy. So congratulations to them for getting Jose. Um, all right. I'm just looking at the chat here. Uh, Holly says, would love to have both Bell and Drury back. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to bring both of them back because I think if they're going to bring Bell in for like, especially if they give him three years, you'd think that they'd want him to be every day, first base or DH. Um, I mean, it could happen, but I think they want... I think they really want to go get like a starting left fielder and they want to spend money on starting pitching for a four or a five starter. I tend to lean towards it's going to be one or the other. And I tend to lean towards that it's going to be Drury and a cheaper option. Um, Joseph brings up Bellinger. So maybe Drury Bellinger. Yeah, I mean, I totally forgot about Bellinger somehow. But yeah, Drury as a righty, Bellinger as a lefty, have that platoon at first base and DH. Yeah, that that definitely... Uh, could work. I just don't know how much money Bellinger is going to get on a one-year deal. Um, it's going to be more than Drury, definitely. It's gonna, probably going to be pretty high because teams are willing to give him one year at a high rate. You know, willing to bet on that. Uh, I, I like the like I mentioned. I'm I'm leaning towards the Drury Dom Smith thing. Um, but we'll see. I, I mean, Drury Bellinger, yeah, that's definitely appealing. And Bellinger can play the outfield, obviously. Drury, I think he's played left before, but they wouldn't be considering him there. 
they'd be considering him as a utility guy at DH as well, and obviously primarily at first base, right? So we'll see. I, I like that idea, Joseph, of Jury and Bellinger, but I don't know if the Padres are going to be giving Bellinger as much money as another team would on a, a one-year deal. Um, we'll see, though. All right, so I was going to be talking going into this episode today. I was going to be talking about Abreu uh, and the report Rosenthal said today about uh, the Astros and the Padres still being interested in Abreu, Abreu uh, remaining a target for those two teams, but he's obviously with the Astros now. Again, while I was, I was kind of surprised, why I was kind of surprised about this was that you had the report today by Rosenthal saying that Abreu might be intrigued by Florida and Tampa, or Miami and Tampa. Um, but no, just immediately, boom, three years for Abreu. So that's off the board. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, he did say today that the Padres likely have current interest in Sean Murphy, but are still high on Luis Camposano. This was in his latest uh, athletic article the link just look up uh my twitter profile at talking friars and uh the link will be there in one of the tweets but yeah padres likely have current interest in sean murphy still high on campy that's not a surprise either of those points i mean i think i don't think that sean murphy will be a padre you know come opening day i don't even know if he does get traded i think the a's I mean, they definitely have the right. I think they will be asking for a good amount for Sean Murphy. And the Padres, they have bigger needs right now um, than going and getting another catcher. Like, I think they believe in Nola, uh, especially commanding the pitching staff, and, you know, being familiar with the pitching staff. And with Camposano, they still believe in him. He hasn't gotten consistent playing time at the big league level yet. So I don't think that they want to give up on him without giving him that consistent playing time. And you don't have to give up anything in a trade, right? Just just stay with Nola and Campy, and maybe you can go make a trade if things don't work out, and it's before the trade deadline. But I don't personally see Sean Murphy coming to the Padres this offseason. Uh, but that was a note from Rosenthal. And um, I, in terms of him saying Padres still high on Campy, I think they still should be. I mean, this guy does have the power potential. Uh, he has a better arm, I think, than Nola. He just has to refine some things. He has to work on his defense. And, um, you know, we've heard in the past about him being his mind maybe wandering during games and stuff. So he, has, he just has to work on that. Uh, just keep working hard, and I think he'll obviously be uh, a better catcher in 2023. I think his skills will be better. Um, and I think he, if the Padres give him a chance, I think he will be deserving of more playing time alongside Nola in 2023. So I, I don't see the catching situation changing this offseason. I'd be surprised if it does. Because um, they, need, they need to go do more things. Like, like They don't have to fill the catching hole. They already have catchers. They need to go fill first base and DH and left field, you know, and another starter. Let's work on that first, right? Um, 
Ken Rosenthal also said that the Padres are likely to re-sign Craig Stammen despite dealing despite him dealing with the right shoulder inflammation this past season and he didn't make a single postseason roster. I was surprised by this. I mean, are, does this tell you that Pierce Johnson isn't going to come back? I don't know what his market's going to look like, but he's a free agent. I would have I'd rather have Johnson over Stammen. I personally did not want to see Stammen come back, and he might not come back. Again, this is just Ken Rosenthal saying he's likely to come back. Um, why is he likely to come back? Like Kevin Acey reported, I think it was last week, maybe it was the week before, that Stammen is he, he's in contact with other teams. He's still trying to pitch. He wants to finish off on a better note. But the Padres, I mean, what does Craig Stammen do to the Padres? Like him coming back, I don't know if it's the worst thing in the world, like him being the last reliever in the bullpen, but you would think that they could go find another effective reliever, a younger reliever, who can be that last guy in the bullpen at a cheaper salary. Um, you know, or they could bring someone up from the minor leagues that will, you know, it's a higher velo guy. You know, they have Ray Kerr down there. You know, they have uh, Kevin Copps. I, I wouldn't expect him to be up by opening day. But he's up there. He's available, right? And Bill Chris Matt, he's there still. Like, I know Chris Matt isn't a high velocity guy, but those are guys that I'd rather have than Stammen. Um, this is nothing against him personally, but I just think that the Stammen, um, the time in San Diego is it's run its course. Like, what's the point of bringing Craig Stammen back? Is that like their Plan E? And it's like. Well, if we don't bring anyone else in in the bullpen, then we can bring Craig Stammen back. If that's the case, then okay. But bringing Stammen in, to, I just don't see why. Like, I just don't see the point of that. He's just not that effective anymore. And if the Padres, I know that they could just bring him in during the regular season, have him pitch, have him eat innings, and then do the same thing as this past year and not put him on the postseason roster. But I would think that there's other guys out there that want to be a part of this team that are better options in case injuries happen that could be a part of those postseason rosters, you know? Um, I don't know. I just, Stammen, I just think he, it, the time has run its course here. I just, I don't know. I was kind of, if he does come back, it'll be, it's like, really? Is it needed? I don't think so. It's not the end of the world, but I don't think that it's needed. Um, anything else I'm missing from Ken Rosenthal? Yeah, that, that was it from Ken Rosenthal. Uh, Dennis Lynn said, I think it was this morning, I, I, I read it in The Athletic. He said that it appears the Padres have stronger interest in Abreu and Senga over Xander Bogarts, which... That was written, obviously, before Brady went to the Astros. And in terms of Senga over Bogarts, like, yeah, I agree. I think they should have a stronger interest in Senga over Bogarts. Like, I've done shows already about Bogarts, and I've already talked about today how him coming to the Padres would make them the best offense over anyone else that's available, you know, at first base and in left field, you know, among the free agents if you're just going by offense and not positions. Uh, but he's not a need, right? Adding another shortstop, that's not what the Padres need. 
they need more starting pitching. They need more high-quality starting pitching. And Kodai Senga fits that description, right? So in terms of priorities, yeah, they, they need to be prioritizing Senga over Bogarts. They need to be prioritizing Senga over almost anyone, I think, because he's that guy that you could get for, like, I don't know if, I don't know how much. Maybe 15 mil a year. Um, but this is a guy that could be a three-starter, maybe a two-starter in some teams. I'd rather have Senga in there. Just from what I've seen, his numbers, some video, I'd, I, I definitely would have rather had him in there over Clevenger and Manaya in the postseason. Like, even if they don't get Senga, regardless of who it is, whether it's via, maybe it's, you know, the trade market with, uh, What's his name? Zach Plesak in Cleveland. Get someone that you're more confident in, that someone that's a better pitcher, just simply better pitcher than Mike Clevenger or a better guy than Shamanaya, right? Um, so that should be the priority. Pitching, 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 pitching. And uh, obviously, you still have to fill the first base hole, still have to fill left field and stuff like that. Uh, but Pitching is the priority. Starting pitching is the priority. You can never have enough of it. Um, the Padres did sign Julio Tehran uh, over the weekend. I did a video reacting to it, and my reaction to it was pretty much, it's a depth guy. I don't know how you can not like this move because this guy was, or he, yeah, he was a two-time All-Star two all-star games. He was the ace of the Braves for a while. I know they weren't like contending every year, but he was the guy pitching opening day every year for them, it seemed like. He had 30-plus starts in, what, six straight seasons, seven straight, from 2013 to 2019. 30-plus, at least 30 games started from Tehran. You know, like, so this guy has shown in the past that he can stay healthy. Now, he didn't stay healthy in 2021 where he had the shoulder injury. I think that was with the White Sox. This past season, he pitched in Mexico a little bit. I think their AAA team or whatever. I don't follow that, so I don't really know, but I looked up on MLB.com and it said he pitched for Staten Island, the Ferry Hawks, and then he went to Mexico. Um, I think it was the Toros or something that he pitched for. So he did pitch last year. Um, and I think, look, it's a minor league deal. It's another depth option and their, their depth isn't that strong. I mean, Jay Groom, Ryan Weathers, Reese Kinnear, Maura Hone. I don't think he's best fit as a starting pitcher, you know, for a full season. The guy hasn't thrown that more than like 40 innings in a season in his big league career. Uh, like the depth is not strong. So adding someone who has the potential to make starts for you consistently if injuries happen or if you want to start with a six-man rotation, I think that's a good thing. And it's a minor league deal, so it's low risk. I don't know how high the reward will be. Like, he has passed his prime, but if he makes it to the big league club, it's still a cheap contract. $6 million for a two-time All-Star. Um and if he makes it to the big league club, you would think that he's pitching well. So, I mean, that would be a good thing. So I don't know how you can't like this move. Um, 
if you don't like this move, I guess let me know. Maybe you're a relative of like Jay Grooms, and this hurts Jay Grooms' chances of making the big league roster or something like that. But um, it's not a splashy move. It's not something that you know MLB Network's going to be talking about all day. But I'm glad that they got a pitcher right and now. They need to continue adding to that, continue adding to that depth, uh, and. Hopefully they're not just adding to the depth with like guys like this with Julio. Hopefully they're adding to like guys that can pitch in postseason games in those high leverage situations, like Kodai Senga, or like you know Zach Plesac with the Guardians, or maybe a Jose Quintana. I saw Dennis Lynn write about that this morning. Um, like add an impact arm. So we will see. I would expect those conversations, those starting pitching conversations, those rumors to heat up next week when the winter meetings are here in San Diego. Uh, and obviously I will have that coverage. I am planning to be at the winter meetings uh, with coverage for you. So stay tuned for that. Um, probably on the YouTube channel, on social media, and I'll probably go home every night and do an episode depending on you know what news happens and all that. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but that was the news over the weekend. Julio Tehran to... Uh, the Padres, he last pitched in the big leagues, obviously, with the White Sox. Speaking of the White Sox, Mike Clevenger signed with the Chicago White Sox. A one-year deal, I think it's $8 million guaranteed. It might be $12 million. I don't know. Jim Bowden, I think, said $12 million. But I saw other reporters, when the news first came down, I think it was yesterday, those guys said it was $8 million guaranteed. So... It's, that's not really the point. I'm I'm kind of surprised by that number, but Clevenger to the White Sox. Uh, let's look at let's look back at his tenure here with the Padres. Look back at that trade with Cleveland back in 2020, and kind of just assess who won that trade. I think we all know the answer to that. Um, but first, here is something from Gaglione Bros. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so Mike Clevenger to the White Sox. He had a 2.84 ERA in 2020. So I'm looking back at his tenure with the Padres here first. He had a 4.33 ERA in 2022 during the regular season. Remember, he dealt with the knee injury. He was dealing with that knee injury in spring training or since spring training. Uh, and then 2022 postseason, two and two thirds innings combined, seven earned runs against the Dodgers and Phillies, nine hits. Three walks, gave up two home runs. That was his Padres tenure. I mean, it was underwhelming. Uh, I think failure is a harsh word, but I mean, I wouldn't blame you for saying that it was a failure just based on like the expectations, right? You give up that much at that 2020 trade deadline for him. Some guys that are contributing to Cleveland, and I'll get into that here in a second. And you bring him over, yes, we, you know, Preller did not know that Clevenger's arm was going to fall off. And I'll be the first to admit, I was stoked 
when the Padres acquired Clevenger. Like, that was great. Going in, all in here, 2020 season. Let's do this. You know, they had the NOLA trade and all that. It was like, all right, they're, they're trying to build something here. Let's go. They make the postseason. Great. Then he gets hurt. Well, he was hurt. And then he pitched, tried pitching through it, couldn't throw the breaking ball, got hurt. And then he wasted the 2021 season because he had Tommy John. Or not he wasted it, but the season was a waste, right? So they give him that extra year, or Clevenger gives the Padres the extra year because he sat out all of 2021. So he pitches 2022. And yeah, it's unfortunate, but the fact is he got hurt. He had he was dealing with the knee injury. And so yeah, you could say, well, Ben, he wasn't as effective as he would have been if he was healthy. But we can only judge the numbers and we can only look back on his tenure as what it was, what happened. And what happened was he didn't help the team in the 2020 postseason because he got hurt, didn't pitch 2021, 2022. I mean, he pitched innings in the regular season um but he wasn't like an all he didn't pitch at an all-star level and then in this postseason he did not help the Padres win he hurt their chances of winning when he was on the mound so didn't help in the postseason 2020 and he hurt their chances and was one of the reasons why they were eliminated in five games in the NLCS giving up seven runs in two and two-thirds innings Nine hits, walk three, gave up two home runs. I know the Phillies and Dodgers, those are two really good lineups. But the Dodgers start, did not hit his spots, and you didn't get an out against the Phillies. Didn't get one out. After the Padres put up four runs for you in the first inning, you didn't get a single out. Sorry. like That's what we're going to remember from the Clevenger tenure with the Padres, is that he couldn't get an out against the Phillies in that NLCS game. And then, obviously, the thing with Manaya happened, and they had another lead, and they choked that. But, like, come on. You know, Martinez came in there, three innings, didn't give up any runs, kept it 4-3, right? Imagine if Clevenger gave up two runs instead of four. Well, maybe that game turns out a lot different, right? And who knows what would have happened if the, you know, series, therefore, went back to San Diego. You know, so... Uh, I would not blame you to say, or if you had the, the opinion that this Clevenger tenure with the Padres was a failure. And this trade that was made in 2020, the Padres did not win the trade. Now, again, it's easy for me to sit here and say they didn't win the trade and it was a failure now because we know what has happened. I'm just telling you what has happened and... They did not win the trade. Uh, I would have done the trade at that time if I was Preller because the players they gave up, I mean, Josh Naylor wasn't playing a whole lot. Cal Quantrill, I mean, they were going all in for that year and these next couple years. He had he was not the pitcher that he is now. Uh, Hedges, they just wanted him out of there. He was, just get, get him the heck out. That was one of the wins of the trade. Uh, Gabriel Arias, Years down the road, Cantillo was years down the road. Owen Miller wasn't contributing to the, with the team. He was years down the road, right? So, yeah, I would have done the deal then too. But now looking back on it, yeah, that's a deal where it's like, eh, 
Maybe they should have used those guy to guys to trade for someone else who maybe didn't have a little bit of an injury history. Uh, maybe they just should have not traded those guys and made a smaller deal for a smaller pitcher just for 2020 instead of for multiple years of control. But again, like at that time, I wanted someone with control, a starting pitcher that had control. That's what Preller likes to do. He likes acquiring guys with control. He doesn't he doesn't acquire guys for one year very much, right? You know, Bell, Jury, those were exceptions. But like Soto, multiple years. Musgrove was multiple years. Snell, Darvish, multiple years, right? He, he does not hate a multiple years. He doesn't go get guys for one year. So I, I, I was fine with the trade at the time. But look, looking back on it now, it, Cleveland won. Josh Naylor, could the Padres use him now? Yeah. They need a first baseman. Naylor can play that. They need a DH. He can do that too, right? He could have been a bench bat. They didn't really go to their bench um, in to the postseason this past season, right? With Cleveland this year, he hit 20 home runs. He still has three more years of control. Cal Quantrill, he had a 3-1-1 ERA with Cleveland this past season. He still has three more years of control. Padres need starting pitching. Could they use Cal Quantrill right now? Yes, they could. Austin Hedges, yeah, whatever. I'm fine with him being gone. He's a free agent now, I think. He might just go back to Cleveland because he's not going to make a whole lot of money. Um, I was fine with Hedges, whatever. Nola's worked out better than Hedges. Um, but Gabriel Argus, he's still only 22 years old. He was in the ALDS lineup the Guardians had in this postseason. Owen Miller, he was he's a pre-arbitration player. He was in the ALDS lineup for the Guardians. Joey Cantillo, a 193 ERA in 2022 in, in the minors. They need starting pitching, young starting pitching. I think he could help in future years. We don't know about the future with Snell. Don't know about the future with Darvish, right? He could help. He could be an arm. Better than Ryan Weathers. Better than probably Jay Groom. I mean, we don't know with Jay Groom, but probably better than them. Um, better option than Reese Kinnear probably in the future. So that's a lot of quality talent that they gave up here for a guy that did not help the Padres in the postseason when they made it there, when he appeared in games in the postseason. That's what it comes down to. What did they get Clevenger for? They didn't get him just to make the postseason. They got him to pitch in those high games and start those games and pitch really well in those games. That's not what happened. Didn't get an out against the Phillies. I know he was dealing with the knee injury. And look, this is nothing personal against him. Like He was pissed off after that Phillies game. And he, he said, this is one of the worst days of my life. And yeah, it, it should be, right? He sucked. He let his team down. Uh, I love the way that you know he, he treated the fans here. And um, I think he bought a house in San Diego. I think Annie Halbrand was saying that. Like, I have nothing but love personally for Clevenger, but he would not have helped. He just didn't help the team as much. It did not work out. That, that's just what happened. It did not work out. And it was time for him to go. And I wish him all the best with the White Sox. And hopefully the Padres meet the White Sox in the World Series. And Clevenger's, you know, maybe I don't want Clevenger pitching because former Padres usually dominate the Padres, but. Hopefully they meet in the World Series in 2023 and everything's good. But 
We could use Naylor right now. We could use Quantrill. We could use Gabriel Arias and Owen Miller and Joey Cantillo in the future, you know? Um, so, yeah. That was a miss. That was a miss on a trade by Preller in the front office. But I would have made that trade at the time of that trade. So I can't bash Preller for making the trade, but they did lose the trade, right? So, all right. That was, it was a disappointing, uh, you know, Clevenger tenure. Um, but we'll see. The only thing you can do if you're the Padres right now, obviously, is look forward, try to improve this team, improve this rotation. And we'll see if the Padres can improve this rotation maybe next week, maybe this week. Well, who knows? I'm sure more uh, rumors about starting pitching will be going on from now until the end of next week when the winter meetings conclude in San Diego. Um, and I'll obviously keep you guys posted on all of that. A lot was covered here. Julio Tehran to the Padres, depth option. Abreu to the Astros. Yeah, that, that sucks. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't blame the Padres for not giving him $60 million, right? Um, and the Padres obviously still interested in Senga. I, I don't think that they go get Sean Murphy, but we will see. Um, I'll get to the chat here. Just finish it off with the chat because I know that there have been some people in here that had comments that had comments like a half hour ago. Sorry, I'm very behind on the chat right now. Um, okay, I already, I already hit on Joseph's comment about Drury and Bellinger for cheap between first and DH. Like, I think that's an appealing option, right? You have the righty and Drury, the lefty and Bellinger. I just don't know how much Bellinger is going to command for a one-year deal. That's what Boris wants Bellinger to get so that he can go back out on the free agent market in 2024 or before the 2024 season and get a multi-year deal. Um, Jumpy Jenny says, love your show. Thanks for being realistic. Appreciate that. Says Sean Murphy is a badass. He is. He's very good. He's one of the best. He's a top five catcher in baseball. But... That would be via trade, and the A's are going to ask for a lot for that, obviously. And the Padres, I mean, I'm fine with Nola being the catcher. Like, if they go add more offense this offseason, and you have Nola hitting 8th or ninth, and you have Grisham as your center fielder hitting 8th or ninth, like, I'm fine with that. And then you hope that Camposano develops, gets some playing time, maybe he gets some power, they get some more offense out of the catching position with this current group, like, I'm fine with that. I don't feel the need to go out and get Sean Murphy. Like, I want to be focused on getting more starting pitching. Again, pitching, 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 and left field and first base. You know, DH too. Albert says, all we got to do is get rid of Manaya. Well, we already did get rid of him technically. He's a free agent. So he can go sign with whatever team he wants to. And Clev got like eight to twelve million. What is Manaya gonna get? Like Manaya, for me, if I was a GM, I I think that Manaya is more of a guarantee than Clevenger to stay healthy. So maybe Manaya Manaya is probably gonna get around the same thing, or maybe even more than that on a one year deal. And the Padres obviously are, they would not do that. I don't think. 
Did you guys see that? I think Manaya is with Musgrove right now in like Antarctica. Because Musgrove's about to attempt to break the world Guinness record or something for the fastest pitch thrown in Antarctica. I just, as long as he doesn't get hurt, I'm fine with it. Like he's doing it for charity and stuff. The challenge, I think, Athletes Foundation. So good for him. Uh, just don't get hurt, Joe, please. Wolfpack says, what about Fran Mill as the DH, Fran Mill Reyes? Uh, no. I mean, I'd bring him in like a minor league deal. Uh, I think Luke Voigt's more of a realistic option than Fran Mill Reyes as the DH. Like, Fran Mill really struggled. Like, for the Cubs to DFA the guy, you know that he's struggling. Um, Voigt, I mean, he's another DH option, I think. I mean, he could play first, but he's also a righty. And so you would think the Padres would try to bring in a righty bat and a lefty bat that can play first in DH instead of bringing in two righties. So like Jury and Voigt, I don't see happening. Probably one or the other. I, I think they'd rather have Jury because of the versatility. Um, but like Voigt, he had better numbers with the Padres than he did with the Nationals. Um, like I, I'd be hope I, I'd be open to having Voigt back. I think that he will get a starting spot somewhere. Maybe the Rockies or. I'm just throwing out a random team. Some team that might not be contending, but they can trade him at the jury deadline uh, for something. Um, I think that's probably what would happen. And I think he wants to get a starting role so he can go get traded to a contender. Andrew says, it seems like Manaya could thrive more as a reliever. That might be the case, but I mean, he's been a starter like his whole career. And he believes he can still be a starter um he could be a really maybe he he turns into like a nick martinez but i think that he's still going to be a starter i think he still gets a one-year deal as a starting pitcher what is his age right now let me look at what his age is he's 30 yeah so i mean he's probably look He's not going to give up on starting pitching when he's only 30, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I just don't see Manaya being a reliever. He could thrive more as, as a reliever. Um, what was it, that Dodger game this past season where he pitched really well as a reliever? That was like one start. Uh, but I think he's most comfortable as a starter, and I think a team will give him a chance as a starter. All right. I think we covered a lot here. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Episode 290, Talking Friars. Have a good Monday. Enjoy your Monday. Uh, I'll be back maybe tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, whenever some rumors, some news comes down, come to me. I got you. Thank you so much uh, for the time, everyone. Go Padres. I'll see you later.